The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is the beginning of our scripture lesson for this past Sunday, the sixth Sunday of Easter. We're looking at Acts chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Now what you worship as something unknown, I am going to proclaim to you. My dear friends in Christ, if someone said to you, well, like Paul did to those Athenians, I see that in every way you are very religious, would, would you take that as a compliment? I, I think most people would think that by a phrase like that, what someone would be saying to you is something like this. Wow, when I look at you, I see someone who is so very dedicated, so very zealous to what you believe in. That's what that very religious seems to be saying. But as you look at that phrase, very religious, really what the key is there is, well, what is it that a person believes? The Apostle Paul he was very religious in his earlier years, later years too. But in his earlier years, when he was persecuting Christians, he was very religious. Matter of fact, as Saul, the persecutor of Christians, Paul said of himself, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. Paul, he was very religious. He was very dedicated, very zealous to what he was doing. But the thing that we always need to remember is being very zealous, being very eager for what a person believes in, that doesn't save a person. With the Apostle Paul, very zealous, very eager. But in those earlier years of his life, he was heading toward his eternal destruction. Well, being very zealous, very eager, if you're focused in the wrong way, well, that's not good. And for that matter, if a person is very zealous and very eager for the Savior, you know, that's not going to save us either. That's not going to save us either. What's going to save us that's our God-given, God-word faith in our Savior Jesus, in what he has graciously done for us to win for us eternal life. Well, it's said that there was a plague that struck Athens in ancient Greece. And oh, what the people seem to believe is that their deities, their many gods, or one of the gods, or somebody anyway, was very disappointed 
dissatisfied with them and and because of that that's why the plague was sent and so what the people did is they said what we got to do is we have to appease these gods and so they built altars to every god idol that they could think of and thought maybe this would get rid of the plague but after building all of those idol or all of those altars the plague still continued the plague still continued so Finally, in desperation, what the people did is they built one more altar, and this altar had the inscription on it to an unknown God. And after building that altar, what happened is that the plague subsided. And, well, what must have happened is that after all the time that the plague had hit Athens, what finally happened is that the, the plague must have run its course and burned itself out as as we're all hoping that this COVID-19 does yesterday or even sooner, of course. But it wasn't the altar that took care of the plague. It wasn't that at all. But that's what the people believed. And then what happened is that Paul came to Athens. He's there on his second missionary journey and and when he looks around he sees that the town is full of idols it's full of idols and he knew that the people who believed in them they were on this direct crash course to their eternal destruction that deeply concerned him so what did paul do paul says he was preaching the good news about jesus and the resurrection with them People of Athens were concerned about what Paul was saying because he was seeming to introduce a, a foreign God that upset them or at least concerned them. So Paul was brought before the Areopagus, that's their religious council. They wanted to talk with Paul and, well, to, to the council, Paul said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. Well, to that charge, the Athenians, the Athenian people, they probably would hear that and were probably inclined to say, yes, we're very religious and we're proud of it. Paul appears to have used this as a very diplomatic way to talk further with them, to peek their interest he had so much more to say to them he said for as i walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship i even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown god as i said that that altar appears to have been built to to try to cover all their bases so that somehow or other they could try to get rid of that plague that supposedly was in the land. And well, what Paul could have done is Paul could have looked at them and attacked them and condemned them and said that every one of those idols, even that idol or that altar to the unknown God, that that was idolatry and, and it was just plain wrong. 
Instead, what Paul did is he saw where they were religiously, and he believed that they wanted to be appropriately religious. So he said to them, Now what you worship as something unknown, I am going to proclaim to you. The Holy Spirit blessed Paul with wisdom to be able to reach those people. Paul was able to tell them more about Jesus. He told them more about Jesus and the result was, well, there were some who rejected Paul, well, rejected his message about Jesus, but then there were other ones that wanted to hear more from Paul. And, well, it's obvious that the Holy Spirit had the opportunity to work on people's hearts and, and there probably were people who were reached by the gospel. Well, as God used Paul to carefully reach those Athenians. So also what God did is God used someone to reach us with the gospel as well. And how thankful we have to be for whomever God used to reach us with the gospel so that we would know about a God who by nature would be unknown to any every one of us. God, our Savior, is not someone that, and his plan of salvation is not something that a person can by nature know. God has to use someone to reveal to us Jesus the Savior. The fact that he lived and died for us and paid for our sins. God has reached us so that we have known. We know the true God. We know Jesus the Savior, that he paid for our sins. And because God has done that, that's why we can look forward to eternal life in heaven. That's why we can look forward to not being here forever in this sinful world. We can look forward to being with the Savior forever and in thankfulness for what God has done for us. Let's look for ways like Paul to witness to the world around us, to share Jesus with the world so that, oh, the Holy Spirit can work through us and Let's pray the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom like he gave to Paul so that as we're reaching out to people, we're wisely sharing the gospel with them, letting them know about what Christ has done so that more people can know about this God who is unknown to many, but has been revealed to us and about whom everyone needs to know. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Holy Spirit, we thank you that you've graciously worked through word and sacrament to work on our hearts so that this God 
Jesus our Savior, it, it, someone who would by nature be unknown to us, that, that we know him, that we know what he's done for us, we know that he saved us so that we can look forward to eternal life in heaven. Thank you for revealing to us Jesus and please help us in all of our efforts to reveal this unknown God to a world that needs to know about his grace and love, his forgiveness, and our heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.